we talked about this a little bit last week. What might I be bringing to the table regarding the roles of men and women in the church that may not be biblically correct? Correct. So in other words, what biases, preconceived notions, cultural clues from junior high, all of the experiences of life, what might I bring to the table to as my uh, grid, as my pattern for understanding what the Bible would have me understand about the role of men and women in the scriptures and in the church, in the family and culture, that whole what's masculinity, what's femininity, what's complementarian, what's too complementarian, what's egalitarian, what's too egalitarian, what's too loose, what's too liberal, all of that stuff. Does anyone have anything off the top of your head for that answer, for that question? If not, I have a, a, a more clarifying question. But if I didn't want to not, I kind of assigned this last time. I wanted to, did anybody think about it to come up with it? Yeah? Okay. Well, let me, let me give you the mic a minute. So anyway, I think like for me in my childhood is a misconception or perception of, of what I think is right or wrong. And I'm not ashamed to say that at this point, I'm just not sure. Because my father was a strong believer in God and, and wanted to, um, what's the best way to say it? Uh, he had the intentions of being the man of the house or, you know, as God, as God puts it, um, I'm not sure, the spiritual leader and the head of the house. But he, in the long run of things, considering the family dynamic, he just fought a losing battle but not for the lack of trying. So I have that perception from him, but also the failure of what it was. So, and, and maybe that just wasn't the proper unit or example. And there's been others, but I just, I'm just gonna say I'm ignorant to this point. That does point out that we have different familial experiences that may or may not have been good examples. And, we, you know, I think I mentioned this last week, is that when it really comes down to it, the sample set of men and women that I would know this closely is pretty small, like half a dozen. My mother, my father, my brothers, and my sisters. And then my wife and my daughters. And so my sons, you know, so my my exposure to how the whole world works is really, really narrowly within a small culture set. And Tim and I come from quite similar cultures, actually. And so there's not as much, I don't have a very diverse view of how ways it could go. It's a, it's a challenging question for me because that last piece that may not be biblically correct, well, I. I see that, and I, I think, wait a second. I, I thought my views on roles of men and women in the church were already biblically correct. So, like the question requires, like a high level of self discernment, already. 
that I don't know if I have right now personally. You know, I, it's, it's a challenging question from that respect. Because if, if I knew something, I feel like if I knew that my view on roles of men and women in the church was not biblically correct, I would strive to change it. But at this moment, you ask me, I'm like, I have no idea. You make a good point. And I don't mean to, to position a question to on purpose make us all already biblically incorrect. It might be possible that we're really okay. And so I don't mean to um, some kind of tricky, woke, woke way of making you have to attack yourself. But it is part of a um, discipleship process to spiritually grow is to ask the Lord to examine your heart and see if there's any wicked way in me. And to recognize at least the possibility that we bring so much um, cultural value systems into these topics. You know, it's hard enough for me to believe that uh, Jesus loves me that much. All right, so I got a really big issue with self-acceptance, self-understanding, because I struggle with understanding that Jesus would really love me that much. I understand he loves everybody else. I like Jesus as a theoretical lover of all humanity. I love to put it in abstracts, but you know, as I've shared before, it's a, sort of a new thing for me to actually admit that he would know my name too instead of just waving at me from a distance. You know, I, the idea of Jesus running and hugging me really is um, fantastically impossible feeling, and yet that's what it is. And so that's the part I'm trying to teach myself. And so where did that come from? Where did that cultural restraint to not really trust the gospel that he would love me that much why is it taking me so many years to finally come to that um at least believing it's true even if i don't practice it very well yeah so that's part of why i, I wondered does anybody else have an initial introductory thought because i think for me as an engineer it's sometimes harder to answer a question like this than to answer a problem question there's something about being an engineer that your goal whenever you go to a meeting, especially if somebody's presenting a new technology or a new idea or a sales presentation, what's your job as an engineer? To be the one guy to find the flaw that nobody else found that fixes the problem, to see the assumption that's not quite right, you know, to see the budget, you know, that's that's what we're all supposed to do as engineers. And so it helps me sometimes to backwards the question, so I try to look for flaws. And then that helps me think, of, it frees me up to be a little less abstract. But So my next question is, what errors <clears throat> would come from imbalance? Okay, so I promised a Venn diagram. So these are the Venn diagrams, all right? So the top Venn diagram is the assumption that one circle is masculinity, or men, and the other circle is women. And what I'm saying, the overlap, the intersection of the two are the aspects of human nature that we fully share, okay? Things like, what would be things that every human being has in common with every other human being, regardless of gender? Things like, say what? We breathe oxygen, okay? So there's a lot of biological commonalities. We have uh, similar organs, a lot of them, the internal organs, the kidneys, the lungs, the hearts work back and forth, and all that stuff works the same. 
What did you say later? Thirst and hunger. So natural physical drives, we still need to eat. Uh, is it true women like chocolate more than men? Is that a true thing? So I, you know, see, what, see what my bias is saying? No, it's not true. <laughs> All right. So, but um, things like spiritual accountability, right? We're all morally accountable. Both Adam and Eve were, were sinners. Both are saved the same way by salvation, by trusting Jesus. Both have the ability to appreciate art. Both have the ability to participate in language, right? So there's the image. We both bear God's image. So whatever it means to be an image bearer, we both, male and female, bear. So, so there's a lot of things in common. There are some things that might be unique to the male experience, the man's experience. And there are some things that might be unique to the woman's experience, right? So those are the things that are in the other, the non-intersection part. So if one circle, I don't care which way, the one on the left is the man, the one on the right is the woman. So an example would be that um, one thing that uh, would be unique to a man would be the plumbing, right? So we're just different biologically. And yet, uh, even our understanding of that may be unbalanced. There may be more in common in all of that than we think. I don't know. But uh, genetically, right, there's the X and Y chromosome. The guys, uh, guys have a, an X and a Y, girls have two Xs. And so there's differences. Um, guys are stupid, women are not. So I had to get that out on the table. But there are other trends that are statistical group things that individuals can vary in. And I'm not trying to understand those so much. But what would be something that would be in that category? Something like, like affinity for uh, computer programming. It seems like there are more men propeller heads than women and that could be purely cultural, but it could be just also um, that as a group set, the number of women who are interested in that kind of thinking is just a smaller portion of the female population. It's a, it's a, it's a group trend. It's a, the, the bell curve. Not very many girls are that left-brained, if that's the right word to use. Um, yes, like what Chuck said was like logic versus emotion. Although I wouldn't always put those in opposites. I've seen very logical people not know what to do with their feels. You know, they just can't, they get all messed up. And, and, and um, it, this is not to say that all men are always logical and all women are, or I would almost say logic versus intuition. There's another kind of way that, or... or um, linear processing. Some people are concrete, sequential. I like to go A leads to B leads to C. Other people just go A, B, C all at the same time. Davin is the most parallel thinking person I have ever met. He, he thinks three paths. I think one path. That's why when he mows the lawn, it doesn't look like rows at all. And while there's missing spots, but that's also why he can do this without even thinking about it, because his mind can do the left hand and the right hand and still be watching people. And so there's, so there's things that there's just different gifts, right? Individuals are. So I don't know. You could argue that there are, seems to be 
some sort of a, is that not true? Would you grant that? There's a, a, some things are sort of women are as a group tend to be more at, and men as a group tend to, is that not true? Okay. F, you know, there's always exceptions. There's individuals that could be exceptions. I'm not trying to be, but I'm just trying to, I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about real things. So here's, so that's the, that's the statement of the, of the environment. So if your view was unbalanced toward A, what I'm saying is in case A, you would think in your thinking that there's less differences between men and women than there really are. You would be tending to think that there's no hardly any differences, that there's lots and lots of overlap, that everything's basically the same. I don't know what the actual balance is. It depends what you're talking, what category of life. Just grant with me for a moment for the sake of discussion that there is some answer to this that God knows. If we lean towards A, where we overthink that there's too much, that we think there's more in common than there really is, what would be the danger of that? What kinds of misconclusions and errors could we make if we think that there's hardly any difference between men and women? You follow my question? Or B, if you go the other way and say there's hardly anything in common, they're super different, like there's nothing in common, really, which in an out-of-balance way. So again, I don't know the right answer. I'm just saying if you took B, that the men and women are super, super different, and you're out of balance, what would be the dangers of being out of balance that way? What could be errors that would introduce your life if you thought men and women were totally different and had nothing in common? You follow? So the two questions are, what's the dangers of A? What's the dangers of B? As an engineer, now I feel a little bit more armed to try to address this question. What am I bringing to the, because you see what I'm saying? If I'm an A, I might be bringing a perspective to the Bible that's not, you follow? Okay, so Phil's got a, a thought. I think with B, if you see more differences than commonality, you might think that there's not much to learn from the other. And I see that because there was a period of time in my life when in my personal reading and stuff, it was... And in terms of, you know, theology and Bible commentary and stuff, it was almost strictly, no, it was mostly men that I read. And if I had a choice of picking up a book in that theological category written by a woman or written by a man, I would read the one by the man. Um, now, I, I... Um, I was in an evangelism, kind of like a formation group in, in a previous church, and the textbook, the book that was used was Out of the Salt Shaker into the World, and we, uh, <laughs> I just started reading, oh, boy, this is a really good book, I'm kind of liking this perspective, and lo and behold, I noticed it was written by a woman, and I go, well, wow, that's 
for me, that was an eye-opener, but I enjoyed the book, and I maybe learned more from, from, from her treatise on evangelism than Rebecca Pippert. So... That's a. I want to compliment you for being vulnerable. I want us all to feel safe and vulnerable. But that's sort of a tough admission to make. But I hear what you're saying. And if we think that there's such a big difference that we can't learn from one another, that would be one of the dangers. Right? We would quit listening to voices that weren't inside. I remember uh, my mom and dad are perfect now because they're with Jesus. But I remember they had an argument way back um, about something. My dad had read something, and my mom said, oh, read this, it's really good. So she just gave him a clip from uh, Reader's Digest something, and he said, oh, that was written by a woman. Oh, man, did that cause a fight? Because she was upset that he assumed it was a woman author by the style, something about the writing he thought and knew it was a woman and kind of didn't really regard it with very much respect. And so I just kind of watched this, un this unfold. And um, I think my mom was most offended that he seemed so prejudicial. Not that it was necessarily that she had that he had to agree with her. And I also think he wound up being right. He could tell it was written by a woman. So it was an interesting, I, don't, I wish I could remember exactly how it all resolved, but I just knew it was quite the party for a while as an observer to watch. Yes. I was sitting here thinking as Phil was saying that, I was like, I have the exact opposite view of the A and B. So if I'm really different from someone, I feel like I can learn more from them versus the A where, you know, we come from the same backgrounds or whatever the case may be, we're very similar. I would say I have very little to learn from that group. So it's interesting that I have the exact opposite um, view of the A and B. I guess that could make sense, right? The, the uh, prophet's not without honor, except from your own hometown, right? If they think the same way as you, they're not special at all. But you go in here somebody with a different accent or a different way of taking things, and, oh, they seem like such an expert. So, yeah, you could be intrigued, the attracted by the opposites kind of phenomena, right? So that... But I do think that this is a really interesting observation is that either way, if we over, if we endanger, our, if we want the dangers, the question we're trying, what are the dangers of being out of balance and the, regarding the differences might be that we would close our ears or open our ears differently, right? Did I see another hand over here, Marcus? Okay, so um, I'm sitting here with Stacy, and um, because of long years of therapy and jazz, I, I'm thinking sociology, psychology, all this neurological crap. And I think for once I don't want to do that. So I see A and I see B, and I see my personal life with Christ, and I see my personal life with my wife. And if I were to say, I'm B, and she is A, then if I don't have her to talk me off of a ledge, <laughs> then I would have no one to talk me off the ledge. So it's kind of like not to use the cheesy, she completes it, but I think that was God's idea with man and woman. So, um, 
I think I understand what you're saying, Mark. Are you saying? So I think what he's saying is if, if we were both A, if I thought the same as he did, he wouldn't have me or anybody to talk him off the ledge, like he said. You know, so. so. So what you're celebrating here is that because you're different, you can help one another, right? And so, and I do think that God has ordained marriage in that relationship specifically to complete us. A man is not, um, we have to be careful, right? Because it's okay to be single and you don't need to be married in order to be a complete person. Jesus can do all of that. And so we're not trying to say that unmarried people are partial, Right? We've got to be careful not to say that. But it is also true that if God calls you to marriage, that there's something about the process of being married to another person that rounds you out in a different way. It pulls you away from your extremes. And nothing makes um, a man more civilized than having a woman in his life and vice versa. Somehow there's complementarian benefits. So, so it is God's design and were it not for the fall nobody would be single and jesus is able and the holy spirit is able and the community as a whole is able to give us relationships that pull us back from the edge so we so we don't want to make the error of saying you have to be married to be emotionally balanced but i understand what you're saying is that god gives us very very close friends perhaps the closest friend our, our spouse as a balance for us so is that what we're, is i am i hearing you well I think that you're, that's really encouraging, but I also think that you might be um, taking the Venn diagram a different direction than what I'm trying to say. Okay, so if you understand that. What I'm trying to say is, is not, is it, what's the danger if the man and woman are different? What I'm saying is, in my thinking, if my thinking is that in general, men and women are mostly the same with subtle differences, that's A. And if, and or, if my thinking is that men are very, men and women are very different with hardly any overlap, that's my thinking B. And in both cases, A and B are out of balance thinkings, one's to the one way, one's to the other. What are the dangers for me in my thinking? Not just in my life, but in my thinking, if I view my difference to all other women as A, I'm hardly any different from you, Stacey. You and I are mostly the same. Or if I say, man, you are from another planet. Okay, those two differences in my thinking, what, is that, what are the dangers to me as a member of the body of Christ if my thinking is off one way or the other? That's what I'm trying to look for. Doug, did I see you? Are you saying that you would say there's a, a value difference in there? Like, if men is B, you you could say men have a higher value than women. Um, that that I mean you. I don't even know how to explain that, but yeah, you you explain what I just said. It is a danger of the B view that if we're so different, one of the dangers is that I might start to think that the value of you is different too. You see what I'm saying? 
that if I'm in balance, I'm going to see that both men and women are equally valuable to God, equally valuable to the culture, equally valuable in the world, in the universe. But if you start to see them as so different, isn't that one of the dangers of of the oppressions of history is that the way you can kill Jews is you start making them different than people. You start in your mind persuading yourself that they're not human beings, they're pigs. And so you, you, come, you make them so other that you devalue them. Is that what you were getting at? Exactly what I, I knew Doug said that. So. John. Um, one of the one of the dangers that I see in that is how it would affect uh, leadership roles between men and women, and it can go different ways in that. But uh, but I think that those those roles, I think it's easier in a uh, at least as as far as a man is concerned, if he sees there's very little difference between men and women. It's easier for a man to become wishy-washy in his leadership, and if he sees it in B, if he's in B, uh, it's too easy for him to, I'm the leader and you have nothing to say, you know, which is a value statement. I mean, she has no value to me because I'm the, I'm the big wig, and that's much easier to see that in B. If he's in A, he can just be wishy-washy and let her do all the leading which is nice. <laughs> Interesting. So I think what I heard John say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that if we don't see any differences, one of the dangers is we would start to lose our own sense of role, right? I would start, I would, it would diminish the pressure on me to be the man of our house because we're all the same anyway, I just do what I want to do. Instead of stepping up, maybe, kind of to a role. So the danger of, of not seeing differences would be that would relieve me from God's pressure to play the role that I'm supposed to play. And a woman the same, right? If she doesn't see herself as any different, then she might lose her unique ability to be, what if, if it's supposed to be like Jesus and the church, you know, if the church loses its, its understanding of its role, it's not as beautiful of a thing. And then again, if, there, if the differences are so far, then it justifies that oppressive, you walk behind me, woman. You know, you speak when spoken to. You, you, I get to sell you when I want. You're just the shoes that I wear. You know, that kind of oppressive attitude. So, so that's interesting, the feedback, the loop that it is for our roles. And so somehow being imbalanced would... Protect us from that a little bit. Trish, I think I heard you. So it's very similar to what John was saying, that in A, you're basically interchangeable, right? The men and women just can do any role or have any purpose. And in B, your purposes are so distinct that you can't really help each other, that there's no place for for a man to help a woman and a woman to help a man in whatever role or, or thing they're doing. So I think that's a danger. Yeah, that's a good summary. So it's either we're completely interchangeable parts or there's no help at all. You're, you're so different, I don't even talk to you. 
So those are, what, are, what are other dangers of viewing the differences so differently, so significantly, too significant? You know. Any other thoughts about that? Does this, we have six minutes left. And this is a safe place. Okay. So I just think for in terms of B, if I view my role so differently from from women or from men, then like how can we work together at all? If I think my role as a woman is completely different than a man, my or a man thinks the role should be like I don't even under, I don't know how that would work in a household particularly and how we would raise children and um, specifically I think of my grandma and she was so, you know, like rooted in faith and my grandpa later on, but not certainly not, you know, when we were kids and when my mom was growing up and stuff. And I think that that gave my mom a particular view of, men versus women in the in the church and the role and everything. So I think that's why also we didn't grow up with like a lot of going to church and a lot of faith because we just didn't understand the roles at all because grandma, my, my grandma was always the strong and faithful one. So it just, it didn't, I don't think it worked ideally, their marriage to, to provide the right role for their children and then grandchildren. Yeah, we know Bob and Noreen, and um, and Bob's salvation late in life did affect your family for sure. Yeah. And so that's that's this reveals that points out the fact that we do come with such different backgrounds that we don't know which model. You know, I, I think that a lot of times we bring to the table the way our family did it, and we just don't have any other reference points and. And we need to grow on that. Other thoughts? Steve and then Trish. His hand was up first. It's not exactly about gender per se, but I, I have been thinking about um, Paul's description of the body, of the church as a body, where there are distinct parts, right? There's, there's a hand, a foot, and an eye. And it's important that those parts have a distinction right? Uh, not everything's an eye. Not every part of the body is an eye or a foot. Um, but there's also an importance of understanding that they're equally important, equally valuable, and that they're, um, they need, there's a mutuality, right, to them. And so I think that, you know, that's not, again, that's not exactly about gender, but I think that there's a similar discussion kind of thing here, right? And, uh, I, I, what I, was, I think Steve's right. The same analysis, the same questions can be asked about individual versus the community of the body of Christ. And, and the Bible makes it clear that both are highly valued, which would make me argue that maybe the answer is not up there at all. Maybe there's 100% overlap at the same exact time when there's 0% overlap. They're both true at the same time. Sort of like I'm saved by grace is 100% true and I'm also morally responsible for my decisions, 
which is 100% true. In other words, the, those paradoxical experiences of the Bible that um, you know, Jesus is fully God, Jesus is fully man, you know, two things that seem incompatible but are functioning at the same level. Because, you know, how did Jesus, Jesus treated women with the same exact kind of respect that he treated women, a men, but he also honors women as a different kind of vessel. And so maybe it's both true all the time. So yeah, maybe that's the balance. But uh, good. So I would observe that if we are somewhere on this diagram, maybe we just have it wrong. You know, if we have uh, a view of it and it, and we're not sure what the biblical answer is, um, that we just may not be right. And we may have to just live with our wrongness um, and, and just and be humble about maybe not ever getting to the perfect answer. And like you're trying to do with us is to help us wrestle with it and come to something that we can can live with uh, individually and collectively. That is an admirable goal, really, right? I mean, it, the, the, we should be humble here and not, this is the way it is and this is the way it, you know, I think this is, we should stand in a place as learners and, and continuing to learn. And um, I have to say, there's some other hands over here. I have to say that my experience with um, with Tammy is we're more and more alike all the time. You know what I'm saying? The differences are... I think it's a growth process. I don't know. Okay, John had a hand and somebody else did too. There was, was it a Marcus? Uh, what you just said, John, uh, when you were over there, uh, really made me think because <clears throat> if we think about God, God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, totally equal in everything except the role. They each have a role, and yet they are, all three are God with all of the same attributes that each one has. And then I thought that, well, let's go to Genesis. We were made in the image of God. So in, in that concept, yes, we are equal as far as attributes and things like that, and yet we each have a role to play in our marriage, if we're married, a marriage relationship or a church relationship or, you know, our relationships, uh, you know, it's... I think really what we need to be striving for is to be truly that image of God that we were created to be. And we chose to be our own God. Amen. Marcus, here you go. I was, um, some other people I talked to call this the easy way out for me, but I can't help myself. Um, Sometimes in confusion like this, I like to just jump to my unbridled faith. So it's sort of like, 
what pleases God. That's, that's ultimately like a lot of these diagrams and all that. That's why I was saying like the psycho babble, like, like I like to call it. Now, whether it is or not, that's my perception of it. But ultimately, what pleases God, whether my wife is different than me or other women are different than me, we're like, like he said, we're, we're, we're created by the Lord and all equal. So, so ultimately, I would say, like the Bible, what is in the Bible and what I should do? Yeah, that's a good word to not stress about this or get all afraid. Oh, I'm going to be off. I'm going to be off. And the point is, is that uh, I'm different than you, Marcus. You and I are different. We're probably infinitely different. And it, we're both finite, so I guess we couldn't be infinite. But the point is, is every person is different. And so a lot of things that in our limited experiences because of the number of people we get close to, just because Tammy and I have our relationship, it's, it's her and me. We're, we're different from each other, and we're getting more and more alike. But there's not really a lot of string, strong conclusions you could draw about all men and women because of that, right? Because we're just... Because I have very close... Um, relationships with men some some men friends who are very very close and we say that we love each other and we hug and we say goodbye and it's, so it's not um, the things that are absent is I'm not married to them and there's no uh, marriage sexual relationship but the point is is that the relationships are just completely different and it, it you just can't you can't draw too strong a conclusion from your own experience, uh, which is maybe really super relief, right? We don't have to know. We don't have to. We don't have to interpret everybody our way. Not everybody has to fit our puzzle. Some people are huggers and some aren't. It might not have anything to do with whether you're a man or a woman. It might just be which culture you came from, which family. So you follow what I'm trying to say. So there's some freedoms here, but also this awareness to be humble that maybe the reason I'm uncomfortable with you as a woman writing a book that I'm going to study is because I'm viewing you as too other and I shouldn't, right? Or, or maybe the reason I fell into this moral, uh, say a fall, an affair, is because I didn't differentiate my interactions with you as a woman versus a man. You know, the whole, the, the scandal of a pastor counseling a woman and they fall in love, right? And so that you don't recognize the um, attraction, attraction components that could also exist between people of opposite gender. And so you see how the one might have not seen enough difference that they should have and the other is seeing too much difference that they shouldn't have. So that's, those are hard things. We have to be careful. All right? Well, we're past time, but I think that was profitable. Next week is our Christmas program, and so we won't have a discussion that week, but you'll want to come. Let's close in prayer. Father, we do just ask that your spirit would inform us, help us to love one another, in the body of Christ. Help us to recognize the gifts and abilities you've given to each one of us as members of the same body. Help us to learn from another, one another carefully and humbly. And uh, may we avoid all extremes. May we, 
May we not overstate the difference and may we not understate the difference. Maybe we find that wisdom that you are, Lord Jesus, you are God's wisdom for us. Your person, you are the wise one. Teach us your ways and we'll thank you in your name. Amen.